Ladies and gentlemen, for episode 18, we have a very special guest, my boy Marcelo. You know, he went to, he's from Sacramento, actually, and, you know, he came to VCU for a little bit, moved back there. So, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, let's introduce my boy, Cello. What's going on? What's going on? Appreciate you having me on here. It's a pleasure. Reporting uh, live from Sacramento, California. How's that, Cali? Uh, how's everything going? Man, it's hot right now, but you know I can't complain. We we get we get like gray spring weather three quarters of the year. We'll get a little rainy season, and then it's just fantastic. Love being out here. Definitely, I try to I try to link up with you a few months ago because I had I was looking at um, some graduate schools to go to, and a few for acting, a few for marketing, and a few for just film in general. But I went to. Uh, where'd I go? San Francisco, actually, uh, to the Old Globe Theater to audition there. Went well, but they only accepted like six people out of like 200 people that auditioned, but the views were nice. It was kind of, I was a little mad because the weather was kind of shitty, but I had a good time. It was a great experience. No, definitely, man. If you can get out to California, you know, hit the Bay Area. San Francisco is amazing. LA area, you can't miss it. Um, out in Sacramento, we're in the Valley. We don't got too much going on out here as far as film entertainment-wise, but you definitely hit the right spots in that San Francisco weather. Gets a little chilly out there, you know, overcast, gloomy, but uh, it's a great place to be. And uh, if you ever land out here, I'd love to, you know, link up with you again. Definitely, definitely, definitely. I got to bring Omar along too. <laughs> definitely, we need to get Omar out here to Cali weather. We need to get him on vacation. He's working too hard. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, let's get into today's topic. Well, before we even get into today's topics, you know, for my viewers who aren't aware, you you have a nice little relationship with Boogie Cousins. Uh, definitely, definitely. I've been uh, blessed to have a person like DeMarcus Cousins in my life. Uh, met him back when I was graduating high school, 2012. Um, shout out Nickel Agency. Um, my cousin Jay Pardo, he co-founded an agency out here. He does uh, PR for professional athletes and luckily enough he was uh, able to land Demarcus so since then you know we, he's been a, a family friend to us I don't look at him as anybody else but a friend uh, and they've given me great opportunities to do things that not that average person would be able to uh, you know be a part of definitely 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 I just hate how the whole social media era is now because I feel like a lot of people have this one this different perception about Boogie 
only because of what they see on the court. But to me, I think he's a genuine guy. I, I saw that when I, you know, happened to see, you know, that interview when basically he was parting ways with Sacramento and how he left a profound impact on the community. And it, it just really made me think like, yo, this is a good guy. And I know he's probably a hero out there. I guess you can talk about that a little bit. Oh, definitely. I mean, DeMarcus Cousins in, in Sacramento, he's he's as big a celebrity as, as you can get. You know, I mean, we, we are a small market out here. Uh, we don't get the attention as the Bay Area and L.A. teams get. So, you know, a lot of it goes overlooked. You know, they see him on the floor. Not many people are, are watching Sacramento Kings games to begin with. So when they do see a highlight here and there, most likely it's going to be negative. But, you know, DeMarcus is a class act. He, he does everything to make a difference in the community and the people that he's around. Uh, a great example was when he first signed his, his first max extension with the Kings, he actually donated a million dollars off the jump mm. to local communities and, and nonprofit organizations here in Sacramento. So that was fantastic. And, and he does these things not for the media. He does it for himself. You know, he, he really loves uh, giving back to kids. Like great example, I think Taj Gibson uh, just donated 20000 to to a mother uh, whose daughter was, was shot recently uh, in the local community. So uh, DeMarcus actually did something similar a couple years ago, uh, we had a Grant High School kid, Sacramento native. He uh, he got shot uh, on a weekend party, and Demarcus felt really yeah yeah Demarcus felt really bad. And uh, behind closed doors, you know, he told his manager Andrew, he said, "Take care of everything. Don't put my name on it, but just make sure everything's good." Then uh, they did a candlelit vigil in the community, and and uh, our mayor at the time, Kevin Johnson, uh, ex Phoenix Sun, he. Uh, he actually dropped the news that it was DeMarcus that paid for everything. So that got a little bit of attention. But again, DeMarcus does it for the right reasons. He doesn't do it for that attention. He does it to, to make the difference, you know. And that's that's what makes him such a great person and why he's such a huge community leader. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Um, I'm assuming he's having a having a pretty good off season. Oh, definitely. He So he likes to spend his, his time out in L.A. And, and Vegas mainly to do his, uh, his summer workouts. Uh, he was at UCLA actually with uh, AD. They were working uh, last couple weeks. Uh, it's it's kind of cool, you know, when they, when you're out there in LA, you get some some nice players drop by. You know, they had Kyrie drop by for a day or so. Uh, Al Harrington was out there getting some work in. You know, Baron Davis always staying relevant <laughs> out there getting some work in too. But uh, yeah, man, he's he's ready to go. He's excited. Um, he's all in with the New Orleans Pelicans, and he thinks him and AD can uh, really shake it up. You know that. Having another all-star at his hip is something he's not used to. So uh, it's something they got kind of thrown into last year. I don't think we really saw the full potential of uh, him and AD working side by side. But uh, having this offseason and a full season, I really think him and AD are going to tune it down and and you're going to get a lot of good basketball coming from New Orleans, especially with Drew re-signing that, that contract. So they, they really think that they're about maybe a piece away from, from really making some noise out here in the West Coast. Definitely, definitely, definitely. That's what I was saying, too. That's why... I- I, you know, it's it's fun, you know, to hear about these trades that go on, like, before the deadline. But, like you said, you really didn't get to see them coexist with one another until, like, you know, the last, what, couple of weeks of the NBA season. And I think, you know, this full training camp, them actually working out together, getting, getting their chemistry right, you know, they have that those ties back to college and whatnot. I think we're going to see... Like a new era, because you know, you know, Zach Randolph and Marcus were dominated for a bit, but this is like the the new era of the big men dominating once again. So I'm very excited for that. Yeah, this is two really unconventional bigs too, which is actually the fun part about it. 
you know, and and this is actually the first time besides in college at his quick year at Kentucky where DeMarcus doesn't have to be the focal point offense. He can actually take a couple plays off, you know, move the ball, get somebody else a couple options and looks. Because here in Sacramento, I mean, up and down the floor, we were looking at him as the go-to every time. So I, I wouldn't be surprised, you know, if you see DeMarcus with a couple 15-point games here, but uh, here and there, him and AD, are, I think we'll, they'll feed off each other, see who's working, see what's going on. But I think DMC is going to look to stuff the stat sheet in that assist category, definitely. And he's just going to be a monster on the board. So I think same thing goes for AD. You know, there might be a couple of days he, he'll, he'll score under 20 points, but that'll be the night that DeMarcus is the, the marquee man and he'll go out defenders and he'll be the one getting the ball a little bit more. But uh, I'm really, really excited to see what they can put together. Um, I know him and AD been working on schemes and I don't know if people are ready for point boogie, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> You're going to see that big man running the floor, 6'11", coming at you. Everyone else want to run out on the wings. He might be throwing some some crazy passes here. So I, that's what I'm excited to see. I, I think they could really do something special. Definitely, definitely. It just has me thinking. I don't know if you watched the J.J. Reddick documentary on Uninterrupted and, and where, like, the whole aspect behind, you know, changing teams and whatnot. Have you seen that? Unfortunately, I have not, but I should definitely definitely take a look at that. I really am I'm really surprised by J.J. Reddick's decision to go to the Sixers. I heard he cut a couple lucrative offers from some, some contenders out there, and he passed it up for the Sixers. But I think that's great for the league, especially, you know, mixing that, that talent around, making sure that, you know, you're going to have somebody competing one through eight instead of one through three, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Going into the next topic still in regards to Boogie, well, going off of it and then coming back into it, you know, John Wall just signed this four-year, seventy or well, $170 million contract extension, you know. Congrats, year, John. Congrats. congrats. That's congrats. big time. He, got, he finally got paid, you know what I'm saying? Finally got paid. Well-deserved. Deserves every penny. Yeah, so what, what, am I, what I'm trying to say is, you know, we, we know that he's all in now. You, you think, you know, if things don't happen to pan out as well, you think Boogie would lean towards, you know, re-upping with John Wall, you know, go elsewhere. <laughs> like, if you had to predict I, I something, hate, what, what would you think? I mean, I hate to speculate. We got a full NBA season ahead of us. What I know is DeMarcus is all in with New Orleans. He, he, he wants to make it work because, you know, it's, it's close to home for him. This is where he's been traded to. And I think that that trade really really kind of opened his eyes to to how things are in the league as a business perspective. But, uh, you know, we're, we're NBA fans out here. We like to have fun sometimes. We like to throw some hot takes here and there. But <laughs> I, I know uh, I know DeMarcus Cousins really loves California. He That's where he loves to be. He loves everything about it. L.A. is big showtime. The weather out here is amazing. I mean, he spends a lot of his time out here in California. So, you know, I, I really wouldn't be surprised to see DeMarcus back in California. Perfect world, he's right back in that purple and black, you know what I'm saying? But that would have to definitely be under new management. I don't know if they could ever find terms with the current uh, group that we have uh, running the Sacramento. But uh, I know the Lakers have been really keen on DeMarcus over the last couple of years. And, and actually, a really, really nice take is that Mitch Kupchak and Jim Buss last year when they lost their jobs, not really, a lot of people just thought it was because the team hadn't been doing too well and they thought they needed to make a change. But realistically, it was because they couldn't land DeMarcus at that trade deadline. And ownership was really upset about that. And so Magic coming in with this new front office, you know, I think he's really going to uh, have DeMarcus on his radar and, and uh, see if he can actually 
land the big man there in, in free agency if, if, the, if everything works out correctly. Yeah, who knows, man? And the world's always changing. Maybe we see Lonzo, you know, throwing dimes to Boogie one day, you know, in a perfect <laughs> world. But we'll see. We'll, we'll definitely see. We'll definitely see. Moving on yeah. to the next topic, the Kyrie Irving drama. Now, now it's been stated that he doesn't want to be second fiddle to LeBron James anymore. I, I don't know what's going on. You know, these guys just went to a couple of finals together. They won one together. Um, I, I really don't see how the whole relationship, you know, went downhill. What are your What are your thoughts on that? This is a really interesting, interesting situation happening in the NBA because you have everybody's kind of trying to form their own super team right now. And you have Kyrie here who's on one of those contenders that's trying to leave and go somewhere else, which is actually, it's, it's, it's pretty hard to wrap your head around that. Everyone's kind of taken back by it. Um, I really, I'm really excited for, for something like this to happen just because it, it really shows on, on how Kyrie wants to see himself and as his career is extended and when he's looking back, you know, he doesn't want to be that, that son to LeBron. I think, uh, Stephen A talked to some of his, uh, some of his friends or, or, uh, colleagues. And he was saying, uh, that he, he feels that he's tired of everyone complaining. LeBron saying he doesn't have enough with what he has and that uh, he needs to be uh, around all these superstars when they have a bunch of superstars on their team as it is so far. So I really think that Kyrie is going to uh, find a new place. Uh, I'm not sure if it'll happen this year, though. I think I think the Cavs are going to wait till they really get something that catches their eye till they, they move him. But there's a couple... There's a couple teams out there that, that really might move some assets for him now, but uh, I'm interested to see how it ends up panning out. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Um, yeah, there's been reports, you know, my Spurs. You know my Spurs. We always argue back for the Kawhi Leonard or whatnot. Rumors, you know, my Spurs trying to get in, get in on the piece of the pie. Minnesota and, and New York and, and possibly Phoenix. If he were to get traded, let's say, you know, not even by the time the regular season starts or, you know, when, it, when his assets are the highest during, you know, trade deadline, what team would you like to see him on? So personally, I think that barring how many assets they have to give up, Minnesota would be a great place for him to be. You know that they're really a point guard away from really shaking it up. You know they got Cat, they got Jimmy Butler, and they got Wiggins. Knowing that Wiggins might be a part of the deal, kind of you know pulls that out of my head a little bit more. But if they can keep those three core guys and add Kyrie, that would be a scary lineup, especially with Thibodeau running that defense. I think they could really make some noise, but uh, I don't know. I think maybe keeping them out in the East to New York will be kind of cool. Help them uh, build up a little sum over there. You know, I feel like the league's always better when the when the Knicks have a have a contending squad. But again, that's Carmelo packaged in. Then it's just Kyrie and Porzingis. I don't really see too much noise being made with with that duo, uh, especially when they're giving up Carmelo Anthony and and some assets. So it's tough. You know, it's one of those situations where. A team really has to kind of give it all to try to get Kyrie, but is Kyrie really put them over the hump is, is really what's going to come down to. Yeah, which goes into my next question. You know, he, you know, when LeBron's not on the floor since they've been playing together, it's a pretty bad losing record. Do you think that he can lead a team being the primary number one option? Being the primary number one option offensively, definitely. But 
the thing that that people don't understand is that the NBA you have to you have to play both ways nowadays. And I mean, all these these point guards, especially. I mean, look at the offensive talent. You got Dame Lillard out there. You got Kemba Walker out there. CP3. You know, I mean, the the ball handlers nowadays they're they're just tearing people up. So I mean. If you can score, you got to be able to stop it on the other end, and I think that's where Kyrie comes up a, a little bit short. You know, defensively, uh, if you look at the numbers, um, he, he doesn't do too well isolation. He doesn't do too well on the on the around the ball screens on the pick and roll. So, I think uh, if they have enough pieces defensively to help balance out the offense, the juice they're going to get, I think they can definitely make something work. Definitely, I would like to see. I would like to actually see him in New York and. Them taking you know a little cheat sheet out of D'Antoni's system with that up that up tempo style of basketball when he spread the floor a lot. I think he would thrive that well. I just feel like you know LeBron takes up a lot, and I feel like if you can, like you said, build around him, you know, and hide his weaknesses, I, I think he'll do all right. Definitely, definitely. I and, and the thing is like. When you leave a team led by LeBron James, you know you you gotta really understand what you what you're asking for because, you know he's ever since LeBron's gotten there, they have done nothing but win. Not necessarily during the regular season; they have their ups and downs. But I mean, once postseason rolls around, they're 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 in the finals. It's almost it's almost a guarantee if you have LeBron James on your roster, you're gonna be in the finals. So. Him trying to figure out how he can get there without LeBron is going to be his his biggest challenge, and I think being able to make the players around him better, and, and I think I just need to see a little more ball movement from him. I, I, and again, this is in the system where LeBron does the thing on the ball; he's off ball, catches it, does a little move, boom, gets to the bucket or, or takes his jumper. So I think having the ball in his hands primarily will be really interesting to see. And uh, I'm really interested to see who who ends up being on his team or, or what team he ends up being on. Definitely, and and I, and I was just saying like he has two years left on his contract, and I'm pretty sure after this season's over he can opt out. So I was like, you know, why add furnace to the fire now? Why not, you know, try to win that last ring? Or you know, you, you know, you're gonna it's, like you said, it's a guarantee to go to the finals. So why not weigh it out one more year, and then when you're a free agent, go wherever you want. I think he's a. Uh, I think his contract. He has the player option in 2019. So I think it'd be two more years. Yeah. So I think his player option is in 2019. But I think the reason why he's making the noise now is because he, I don't think he wants to see out that 2019 contract. I feel like in his eyes, he can be that marquee focal point guy. But LeBron's teaching or treating him like a sidekick, and and he feels that that's not the kind of player he needs to be looked at he sees like LeBron's kind of tossing the side like okay you're my role-playing point guard Mm -hmm. I'm the focal point I'm gonna be the man on this team and we need to get other people and Kyrie's looking at like whoa 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 let me be the focal point we have enough pieces here let's just try to make it work with what we have but that's not what he's getting from LeBron so I, I think that LeBron being upset with not people not coming to to Cleveland. Uh, they did just get Derrick Rose. I'm sure we'll get into that. But uh, you know, he he kind of always is, is wanting more, and he always feels like it's not enough. Mm-hmm. And they won that championship a year ago with almost the same team. Now they added Kyle Korver to the mix. So I mean, if you don't think it's enough, I, he, Kyrie's looking at it like, what what more do we need to do? So 
he sees it as a time for himself and his career to where he can look back and say, you know what, I didn't backpack on LeBron James my whole time, my whole career, and and I'm gonna try to go win a ring on my own. So a lot of respect for that. Kind of you know Shaq Kobe esque. Let's see if I can do it without you, Bob. Yeah, huh? Yeah, that's another. Oh, you don't think you can do it without me? Let me show you. Yeah, definitely. And hey, Shaq got his. Shout out Shaq. Yeah. So with this being said. Do you think, you know, this past, you know, championship run, you think this is the last of Kyrie or do you think he's going to find a way to get back to the finals? Ah, man, that, it's so tough. You know, it, you, you try to look to the future, but then when you have off seasons like we had this off season, like there's no way you can predict any of that to happen. You know, I mean, so many players, some big moves, uh, Chris Paul to Houston, that's that's a major shakeup, you know. I'm really interested to see how the the Clippers bounce back from that. They uh, they really dove into Blake Griffin, which I'm really surprised they did with all of his injury problems and 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 he hasn't been healthy the last couple of years. You know, he does have a really high level of basketball to, that he can still play, but you know, is that your is that your guy? And then maybe DeAndre leaves next year when his contract's up. You know, I think there's a lot of lot to to be looking at over in uh, LA at the Clippers right now, but. You know, it's tough. If he can get to the right situation where he runs to the to the right couple all-stars, you know, I definitely think Kyrie could have a chance. But as far as these Warriors are stacked <laughs> up, you know, if he goes west, he ain't, he's not going to make it out. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, definitely. Going on to the next topic. D-Rose, a rose that grew in the jungle. It's crazy <laughs> that... You know, before the offseason started, he was asking for a max $150 million deal. Um, you know, came off averaging 18-4-4, yes. 47% from the field. The Knicks didn't make the playoffs. I remember he was saying the Knicks were a super team when he got traded there. And I actually, you know, I'm a big D-Rose fan, so I was a little bit delusional thinking that they could do it. I don't know if it was because, you know, Hornacek was basically forced to play the triangle offense. So I felt like they lost 20 to 30 games just because of that. Um, now he's only worth $2 million. You know, I, it's definitely a steal, but... How do you feel about the whole D-Rose saga and how do you feel he's going to play with LeBron James and, you know, maybe him getting signed? Is this the, you know, the replacement for Darren Williams, who was kind of washed in the finals? Um, or you think he's going to be a starter? Like, give me your insight to that. Uh, I feel if, if they lose Kyrie, definitely they're going to be looking at, at D-Rose as the, as the first option at the point guard. Um, I think it'll be really interesting. He's, he still has a little bit of, of a dynamic drive to his game. Uh, it's just sad that you know you, you find somebody that's so athletically gifted that his own body can't keep up with it. So, you know, it's, it's unfortunate he's gone through what he's had gone through injury-wise. Um, but he, he definitely can shake things up. I, I think he, he's dynamic. I think he, they need to make him more of a, a pass-first option yeah. as opposed to, to the scoring option that he was in, in, in New York. But unfortunately, Phil Jackson just tore down the whole New York Knicks organization on his way out, man. He, he really did it. But I think Joe Kim Noah was probably the worst contract <laughs> I've ever seen. Ever. I mean, oh, that was terrible. And, and D-Rose was thinking they were a super team. That was a rude awakening. But uh, – <laughs> Get, getting back to, to D-Rose, but the the Cavs are really I – I don't see what they could do roster-wise shakeup or, or who they can get that will really make them that much better if they lose Kyrie. Um, I guess they'll get a couple more role players like LeBron's been asking for. Mm-hmm. 
But I, I really think that that team needs to start looking for for young assets, uh, draft picks, and, and and players they can they can mold themselves because they're gonna run out of juice here pretty soon. You know, trying to trade for everything, giving up everything they got just to get these the role players for a year or two. So, you know, they they gotta start looking long term. Uh, no, don't know how many more finals runs LeBron's gonna have in, in Cleveland if, if they have to get everybody on the, the the minimum contract like D Rose, you know. So they're gonna be sc- scraping by for for talent. But you know, I, I've, it's crazy that that he's asking for the max and he ends up with two million. You know, that's kind of demoralizing as a person. You know, he really thinks he's worth a lot more. But hey, he he wants to go try to get his ring with LeBron. You know, you know, you get one shot at it. So. Let's see what he could do. Definitely, definitely. And I feel like I don't think he's going to get the max, the $150 million max regardless. Maybe if he took – they helped carry that team to the playoffs. Um, but I think a main reason why he's only getting $2 million was probably because of that other menis- slight meniscus tear he had towards the end of the season. Yeah, definitely. I mean, realistically, going into this offseason, I was thinking 5 to $8 million, and that's a lot, you know? I mean – Cap is going up, so teams do have a little more room to to work with. But a lot of them are saving it to to get those guys maxed out. You know, these guys are making a lot of money. It's 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 getting kind of crazy. So the fact that he's only making two million and there's players in the league that that won't won't even see the floor that are going to make that much is is kind of crazy. So you know, but to join LeBron James and a team that's whole cap space is filled up, you know, you gotta you gotta make that sacrifice. You gotta take that minimum. Definitely, you know. And, you know, like going back to me being a Spurs fan, <laughs> Tony Parker's, <laughs> I don't know how he's going to, you know, come back. But I was like, you know, for $2 million, why not get Derrick Rose? I think that would take somewhat of the pressure off of helping Kawhi. But, you know, I like this Rudy Gay addition. Um, I hope Rudy Gay thrives. I know, I know you're down for it too. You know, you he's can in have Sacramento. Him. You can have no, what? No, you can have him. <laughs> hey man, Pop, Pop is known nah, to Rudy, take people who Rudy does. Things. Pop is known to take people who are on the latter part of their career and 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 give them that fountain of youth. So we're gonna see how he how he how he pans out. I'm excited to see this though. Yeah, Rudy. Rudy was here with this in Sacramento. You know, he he did his thing, but uh. You know, as far as that that number that number two option, I, I just don't think he really fit us both ways on the mm-hmm. floor. I think we were a little top heavy when it came down to it. Um, but you know, uh, I'm glad he he still got a contract after his latest injury. You know, getting the Achilles torn is is a really really bad injury. I mean, ask Kobe Bryant about that. He'll let you know it's what's one of the toughest to come back from. But uh, I know I really hope he he has a good uh, good rest of his career there and. In San Antonio, and, and I hope maybe uh, Pop will, will get him to play a little more defense, huh? <laughs> definitely, definitely. It was crazy because, like, I really, really, really wanted to keep Jonathan Simmons. You know, he went to Orlando. I think I, I really thought that was like our go to. I mean, I know Patty Mills is our like six man, too, but our other guy, like, no, that can, you know, just come in, defend, um, create for others, and attack the basket. I really thought that we were going to try to keep him because I remember Pat Gasol opted out of his contract. So I thought he was going to do that, like, you know, Tim Duncan route where he takes a little less. But we ended up giving him a lot more money, man. Uh, I think we gave him, like, a three-year, $48 million deal. I was like, well. That kind of made me think, you know, maybe even LaMarcus might be seeing an exit soon when I saw that contract. You know, they kind of they locked in Powell for a little, a little more than I expected. I don't know if they're anticipating 
moving LaMarcus for, for somebody else and just having uh, Powell as that focal point at the at the 4-5 spot. But uh, very interesting. I, I really think Popovich is, is looking towards DeJounte Murray as the, the future. Um, maybe maybe put Patty Mills at that starting role, let, let DeJounte come off the bench a little bit mm-hmm. more and kind of transition out of that Tony Parker era, which is, which is going to be tough for, for Spurs fans. You know I mean? You guys had Tony for 10 plus years, especially with Manu too. So Manu's got one hey. more in him. <laughs> <laughs> Manu's got one more. So, you know, let's see if they can make one last run. I, I, I was really sad to see Tony go down in, in the playoffs last year. So, you know, I hope he gets back healthy. Uh, and I think uh, the Spurs being good is always good for the league. You know, they don't miss playoffs ever. Yeah. So they, there's, it's good to see somebody else besides the Warriors and, and, and the Cavs to to have that success that really pushes teams to get to the conference finals every year. But, uh, man, Spurs, they're always locked and loaded. Pavovich won't let them fail. Ah, won't let them fail. Like that Bill Belichick syndrome or something like that. But I just feel... I, <laughs> it's in the water, huh? Yeah, man. I, I just want... I really want DeJounte Murray to, to thrive. I, I feel like he has all the tools to be to be great you know if he's willing to do that and i really i i i watched summer league a little bit and forbes outplayed him and i really thought he was going to be the you know the best player for the summer league but we're going to see he's still you know is turning the ball over a little bit he needs to become a little bit more efficient but you know when once he gets more playing time i i think he'll get better but like you said i think patty mills is going to start first and then we're going to see how Dejounte works, but I'm I'm excited about Forbes too. He can that's a, that's another knockdown shooter right there. Definitely, definitely. Danny Green's losing his touch, so <laughs> you guys got to replace him with something, right? Yeah, yeah. It's part of the game, baby. Moving on, Harden yeah. CP3. You know, I saw a video the other night of them playing together in the Drew League. They were they were they, their chemistry. I, I like I like I like the whole Drew League. You know, what I'm saying it's one thing you know to work out, but for, as far as you know, trying to get ahead of the curb, ahead of the game, and trying to coexist with one another, I really like what they were doing. Um, I kind of wish Russell Westbrook and, and Paul George would be doing that right now too, but you know they're probably gonna do that a little later, probably when the training camp starts. But how do you feel about Houston? Can they coexist? What's gonna happen? Um, do you think? Where do you think they're going to end up in the in the seedings, and you know, can they compete with Golden State? Uh, if they continue the success that they had last year, especially during the regular season, I definitely see them as a top three seed in the in the West. I mean, that they got a bunch of shooters around them. They still, I believe, they still have Lou Will, and they do have Eric Gordon as well. So uh, they have those shooters around those playmakers, and and that's really how you get a successful team. D'Antoni's got them sitting on that three-point line so you know you got to just watch where where everyone's moving on the floor at once and and these ball screens switches it's going to really get people confused on defense and and if you leave one of those shooters open man they're gonna make you pay so it's i'm really interested to see who who actually has the ball in their hands uh cp3 is like doc said one of those guys that you have to kind of change your whole style of playing to to get him the ball first you know he he's one of those players that loves to be on the ball, uh, loves to go that pick and roll. He loves to just see what play he can make, not necessarily just to score first, but just to get other people involved. But sometimes he, he does take that ball out of other people's hands. But again, I think I think uh, their problem, Houston, last year was when James Harden was off the floor. So I'm interested to see if D'Antoni is going to look to try to split them, you know, and get James and, and CP early, pull one of them, 
when James comes out, throw CP back in, vice versa. So just to try to keep maybe one of them on the floor as much as they can in order to stop that dramatic drop-off when that second team comes in. And as far as Capito goes State, you think they can, you know, at least take it 6-7, or you think they need another piece like <coughs> Carmelo Anthony? <laughs> that would be – that would be if Carmelo goes to that team, that solves their your three matchup. But, I mean, Trevor Reza going to be on KD the whole time. I'm not sure if that's really their best option. <laughs> Because uh, that's really comes down to now. You, you're not really gonna stop KD. I mean, you might limit Steph a little bit, but then you have Clay sitting out on the three-point line, and then Steph don't. Steph's not going anywhere. Then you got KD. You know, making it all happen, and, and he, he's such a tough matchup to to really try to stop. Especially, I mean, in the finals, he dropped 30 every single game. That's pretty insane. So he was really out there balling. So again. The matchups are no longer with who can match up with Steph and Clay. It's it's who can match up with, with Steph and KD, and that's what's what Houston needs to figure out. Yeah. Do you think uh, Do you think the Warriors can beat their seventy three and nine record next season? Man, that I don't know if that one's ever going to get touched again. <laughs> hey, we said that before. We said that before. So uh, if if they were to do it, I feel like this would be the year they do it. Their roster is is identical again. They they got. JaVale McGee, who was a high-impact player coming off the bench for them, surprisingly, you know, people typically laugh when they hear JaVale McGee, but uh, he actually gave him some some solid minutes, but, you know, they have have Sean Livingston still, that's a focal point on their their second team, they re-signed Iggy, which was a lot of people didn't anticipate, and and I don't know, they kept that core together, man, and, and they're looking scary. They, they're playing great basketball. I mean, Steve Kerr's done a phenomenal job with that team, and I just I just don't see them losing anytime soon. So to, to see that 73-9 and nine record still up, you know, I, it can, it's always in jeopardy as long as that core is together. Depth for days, Swaggy P and, and, and your boy. Yeah, Swaggy P. Too, like. <laughs> He's, he's a little upset about his 2K rating came out. He said he was a, he was a 74. He said, I'll take it. But in the, but wait till the season starts. It's going to go up. Yeah, we're going to see. We're going to see. With that being said, who do you think uh, will win the league MVP next season? Wow. The league MVP next year. So, you know, I, I was giving you a couple. I was giving you some uh, some, some, some tough love on, on Kawhi last couple years. But uh, I definitely think the caliber of player he is and, and the level of playing he, he's shown the last year, he's definitely in that MVP discussion without question. Uh, I don't know if, if Westbrook will be in that contender spot again now with Paul George along his side. So I think Paul George will take a little bit uh, off of his hands. Um, so his numbers won't be as inflated as they were this year. So it, he, maybe if they have a, a nice little run, they get that that five, that five four or five seed. You know, they kind of flirt with that mid-high seed in the West. Uh, maybe he can definitely have an opportunity. But I really think James Harden might take a little drop with CP3 coming in, or he might just go back to his, his, uh, his pure shooting guard role and just go lights out on people and, and not have to worry about having the ball so much. And, and get to the rim with these, and he's definitely a, a dangerous option. But you, you, there's the there's the best players on the planet, KD and LeBron James, and they're always going to be in that discussion. But if I had to make my guess going into next year, I, I think uh, KD really might solidify himself as as probably the best player in the game right now, especially if he can uh, get his numbers uh, up a little bit more. He's a little more comfortable with how these uh, Warriors are running, and 
And like I said, I don't really see them losing anytime soon. So as, lo as long as that core is together, him and Steph are going to have a great chance to be one of the best players in the league. Definitely. Last year, I, last year I was like, yeah, I think it's it's it was more so about you know history and, and people you know really fell in love with the analytics. But when you look at it historically, it's always you know the top like one or two, maybe three seed from the East or West, you know, with the winning record. So with that being said, and taking that into consideration, I feel like people you know are just. Boy, like and they have that LeBron James fatigue, so you know he's gonna get voted, but I don't think he's gonna win. As far as the Warriors go, I feel like the fact that they're so stacked is kind of gonna once again. I think it's gonna take away from KD and Curry's you know individual success. I mean they're still gonna have you know good numbers, but because they're together, I feel like that's gonna take away from it. And piggybacking on what you said with Westbrook, you know, and, and Paul George coming to OKC, I feel like Westbrook's not going to try to go get triple doubles. I think he's going to take that step back and really try to see what he can do for the team to be successful. Maybe if he, if he can, you know, get a two seed, possibly he can get that MVP. Um I want to see what the Greek freak does. Maybe if he can get a two or three seed, maybe he can get that. But I feel like I think the Spurs are going to get the second seed. And I I, I think Kawhi may win this one. So we're definitely going to see. But I won't be, I won't be mad with whoever wins. I, I, I'm interested to see how, how Isaiah is going to, you know, be playing. I, don't, I haven't heard from him yet with that whole hip injury thing. So. It's going to be interesting. Definitely. Interesting. Going on. I, 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 think, go, go I think Isaiah Thomas oh, – I'm sorry. I think Isaiah, Isaiah Thomas was actually one of those people I left out, but I don't I don't see him as high as a caliber player as, as a lot of people are. You know, he is Mr. Fourth Quarter. Uh, he was balling out last year. But I, I think, again, he, he's probably defensively, numbers-wise, the, the worst point spread in, in, in the league, which is actually really surprising. A lot of people are taken back by that. And – you just got to look at, at what he does defensively. I mean, they the, the Celtics were a better team when Isaiah was off the floor, surprisingly. You know? I, I mean, guess fourth quarter is in there, shut the game out. But you really have to, to look at how they played with him off the floor. They, they were better defensively, and their offensive rating was only one or two points below. So, I mean, it, he's, you have to really look at his value. And maybe I wouldn't even be surprised if in the next year or two that the Celtics try to move him for some pieces. You know, Danny Ainge is, is not one to surprise people on going after assets. So we'll see. That's definitely another interesting situation over there in Boston with uh, Gordon Hayward added in the mix now. Yeah. Seems like we're always talking about these former players from Sacramento. It's a little weird. <laughs> um, yeah. Moving into the second to last topic, you know, Curry was – you seen at Harrison Barnes' wedding, and you know that that one. Uh, what's that? What's the name of that song that 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 that's been getting this crazy Buzzfeed that LeBron? Man, I know the tune, but I can't name it off the top of my head. I know exactly yeah, what I you're talking about. I think the name of it was like first day off. Yeah, T T Grizzly is something like that. First yeah. day off. T From Grizzly first day off. That's it. Definitely. Yep. It's definitely <laughs> T Grizzly first day off. That is yeah, it. so in Man. the video we got we got Steph Curry mocking <laughs> LeBron and you know Kyrie's on the side on the side just geeking. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? You think you think it's a big deal? You think people are making a big deal out of it or like how you feel? Ah, how you man, think LeBron media, feels about this? The media is gobbling this one up, man. I mean, it, it's a it's a video taken out of context. You know, they're just having fun. Bunch of guys out there, you know, at a wedding. <laughs> 
you know, the you know, you gotta understand. Uh, one of the things that get wrapped up is everyone looks at these guys as professional athletes, nothing but basketball mm-hmm. players. It's basketball, basketball, basketball. But I mean, when you really get around guys like that, you know, you you kind of understand they're they're just people, just like you and me. You know, they have that spotlight on them, but necessarily they might not want that. Uh, Steph Curry does love the spotlight. I'm not saying that at all. He's all about the cameras, all about <laughs> for show. He actually had a great take last night. I think he was in uh, Maine or something, and he went to some random house party. He's out there drinking with random guys, you know, playing drinking games. So I think that was that was pretty funny. That was pretty cool. But uh, you know, I think LeBron's not happy about it. It's he, he kind of looks at it as a nice little <laughs> slap, yeah, slapping face. He's like, I'm already pissed at Kyrie. Now Kyrie's with Steph. Oh, I don't really like Steph, so he's you know. <laughs> He's like, oh, and he's mocking me. He's like, man, he just got two out of three on me. He's mocking me. And then my point guard who's about to leave me is in there laughing too. Nah, but again, I think these are the type of things that, you know, people just do for fun. But I think the media really wants to jump all over a a story like this just so they can blow it up and be like, oh, Steph's mocking LeBron. Kyrie's in attendance. Oh, but, uh, you know, I think it's good. It keeps people talking, but. I don't see it too much as just some guys having fun at a wedding, you know? That's what I'm saying. You know, these guys, friends, a couple of them were on Team USA, so it's natural. So I don't think it was a big deal because I feel like if I was at a wedding and that song came on too, I would be doing the LeBron James little challenge too. So I think people are just blowing it out of proportion. And the fact that, you know, it's the off season, off season is a little dry. That's just something to talk about. Exactly. Nothing more than... Some nice, uh, some nice drinks and some nice dancing, huh? <laughs> yeah. So me and one of my boys, we had the last topic of the day. Me and one of my boys, we had a little, a little thing going where we had this little conspiracy theory. We were like, "Yo, so what if LeBron James leaves, and if he doesn't stay in the East, he's probably going to go to the West, and if he goes to the West, he's probably going to go to LA." With that being said, if LeBron James leaves and goes to the West to play with uh, under Magic Johnson. I, we have this weird conspiracy theory thinking that if that happens, the Eastern or Western Conference are just going to get merged. What, what do you think? Uh, I think Adam Silver touched on it actually like a week or so ago, and, and, and he kind of shot down rumors of people wanting to restructure how the playoffs are going and just the top eight teams, or excuse me, the top 16 get split one through eight, one through eight, and then they set up the brackets accordingly. I think definitely towards the future that, that might be something they want to look into just just for the better of the league. Um, I do like how it's split East Conference, Western Conference currently. Um, it's really top-heavy, again, that, but that's just the teams that, that they've been built, you know, the, the Warriors, the Cavs, the Spurs, now the Rockets, et cetera, et cetera. But um, if that West Coast does get LeBron James, or excuse me, that Western Conference does get LeBron James, you know, then I think and uh, Silver's going to definitely have to make a, a move to, to fix that situation because – now you're, you're going to have the only contender coming out of the West, and then the finals are going to be sweeps, and and nobody wants to see that. They get they get millions of dollars for every every finals game they get, so them getting swept in four games when they can get seven games and get that extra hundred two hundred million, you know, they're going to do whatever they can to, to try to solidify that. Definitely, definitely. And last thing before we have these closing remarks, I didn't get to ask you how, how do you feel about your Sacramento Kings and and your draft picks. Oh man, I mean, ever since the the trade deadline last year, I know I've been in a little bit of a funk when it comes to the Kings. But you know, I, I got to look to the future. I mean, Always. I was 
born and raised here in Sacramento. That's that's all we have here. You know, that's our pride and joy. We we take great pride in, in our Kings team. Uh, they haven't been the greatest over the last 10 years, but, you know, we, we've stuck them by. Uh, really thankful to have the, the new arena that we have here downtown and uh, and all the opportunities that has brought outside of basketball. But, um, you know, looking forward, we have a great young core. We have uh, returning Willie Cauley-Stein. I mean, I think he's going to be that next type of DeAndre player, somebody who can play big, doesn't necessarily need the ball, goes after the boards, can be that, that nice guy around the rim to throw that lob to. And then I think De'Aaron Fox coming in at, as the, the focal point and that whole draft class that we had. I mean, we got five marquee players coming in. I mean, the ACC Player of the Year, Justin Jackson. We got the, the uh, excuse me, the Jerry West uh, Player of the Year. Actually, not the Jerry West, the uh, Point Guard of the Year, Frank Mason, as well as the National Player of the Year, Frank Mason. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was a late second-round pick. So, I mean, the, the players that we picked up is exactly where we needed. And I think the, the number one thing that I'm excited about that not many people are talking about is Bogdan Bogdanovich. He's coming over from Turkey. He plays for Fenerbahce. And we had the rights to him. I believe we traded for his rights last year uh, during the draft. We got him from, I want to say, Brooklyn. Brooklyn gave us the rights to him. So he's coming overseas uh, this year to the NBA. And, I mean, he's scary, man. If you have a chance, I mean, look up his EuroLeague highlights. He's ice cold. He's a 2-3 he's a hybrid. He's about 6-7. And he's a lights-out shooter. And, and he's, he's smart. He's, he's real young. He's 24. So I think our, our two-guard of the future is not Buddy Heald, but it, it's in Bogdan Bogdanovich. And, and a lot of people are, are on this Buddy Heald train. I'm a little skeptical. Uh, I, I still think he has a lot to go. Uh, especially on the defensive end, but but offensively he he can definitely be a knockdown shooter for us. But again, we got our point guards in, we got our two guards in, and uh, hopefully uh, we can get maybe Justin Jackson in the mix and get that that future three that that we've been looking for now that Rudy has departed. And and I'm really excited. We got Vince Carter on the hey, squad. I don't care Randall, that right? he's old. And and we got Zebo. <laughs> we do got Zebo. He's teaming back up with, with Coach Yeager. Mm. Uh, Coach Yeager has brought a real positive influence on the team. I think getting rid of uh, our, our coach that we had previously, which I don't even want to speak on, George Carl. That's a whole other topic. <laughs> but I think I think Coach Yeager really is taking this uh, franchise in the right direction. Uh, getting those veterans, Zebo and, and and Vince Carter, who pe- previously had played for him in the in Memphis is, is great because we have nothing but young kids out here. I mean, we have like nine or 10 players on rookie contracts right now. So we have cap space galore and we have just a bunch of young guns that, that just need uh, the right direction. I think, I think role players like Vince Carter and, and Zebo coming in are, are going to be those veterans that really can uh, help them build and, and help these, these guys successfully grow. Cause I think that's something that draft picks typically in Sacramento haven't really had a chance to, uh, we aren't the best at, at putting out talent. Uh, we, we get them, but we, we like to get rid of them before they really show their true potential. So hopefully uh, these veterans can really uh, get that, that full potential out of these rookies and we can have a, a nice uh, future Western Conference run here in Sacramento, hopefully again. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Well, thanks, Cello, for being a part of episode 18 of the Caesar Show. Always much love, you know, whenever I get a chance to talk to you. and We have our little Twitter refutes, you know. It's been a pleasure having you on this episode today. Oh, man, I appreciate you inviting me out here and, and letting me talk. And uh, 
just uh, giving me the, the floor for this episode. I really appreciate it, man. And uh, best of luck to you out there. If you ever find your way back out here in California, Beth, better hit me up, man. <laughs> you got to link up. If even, if even if you're in the Bay, man, it's only a couple hours from me. So, you know, I could dart out there, make a nice little day out of it. But, uh, again, pleasure. Really love talking to you. Love talking about the NBA uh I would love to be on here again. For sure, for sure, for sure. Ladies and gentlemen, once again, that was Cello. Thanks for listening to episode 18 of The Caesar Show. Make sure to subscribe to me on iTunes Podcast, and I'm also available on SoundCloud and on the podcast, on iTunes Podcast, rather. Leave a stellar five-star comment and a dope, you know, rating. And yeah, man, tune into next week's episode.